August 18th, 1996. Kevin Costner birdied at the box office playing an aging golf pro in Tin Cup. It was his most realistic role since portraying an aging minor league ball player in Bull Durham. On the eve of his 50th birthday, Bill Clinton wondered if he'd still be considered fuckable before remembering it never mattered what women wanted in the past. It was war on the airwaves as Los Del Rio and the Bayside Boys successfully infiltrated every wedding, ballpark, and middle school dance. Meanwhile, in Cleveland, Ohio, Shawn Michaels battled the man they call Vader for the WWF Championship at SummerSlam. Hey, Macarena! This is Hell in a Cell Phone. Hey, Macarena! Welcome to another episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the Attitude Era of WWE 20 years later. I'm your host, Aaron Benoit. With me again is our noob, Eric Silver. Hey, how's it going? Doing great, Eric. How's the past 22 years treated you? Oh, uh, I've been doing okay. <laughs> I, I'm alive, which is better than I think a lot of the guys who are wrestling in this SummerSlam. <laughs> oh, uh, a little, little too true. Um, and helping us through all of the, the deaths and lives of all these wrestlers, we've got our historian, Bobby Hankinson. How you doing, Bobby? Thank you. I'm also the WWF Angel of Death, apparently. <laughs> but I, I'll take it. I'll take it. Now, why would you consider yourself the Angel of Death? Well, I'm just guiding you through all of like the, the all of the deaths, all of the what wrestlers are still with us. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you're not taking it. people because <laughs> if we're sitting across from you, it's a different type of podcast. Look, I'm owning the history books, and so I will erase anyone that I see fit to be erased. So tonight we're dealing with uh, the 1996 edition of SummerSlam. Uh, just recently we had uh, the 2018 SummerSlam. Um, I gotta say, after the last show, I was very nervous, especially when I saw the three-hour runtime of this show. But I was pretty pleasantly surprised with uh, a pretty fun show that we got into this one. I only, I feel like I only started nodding off in the later portions. <laughs> Which is when it got better, I think. I, I know, it, no, it's true. It, it's just well, I mean, because... also, I think we need to point out that, Eric, you are an old. Yes. I am it's... a super old, and and also, as much as I as I can appreciate wrestling, it's a little bit like driving for me, where at a certain point, I start getting mesmerized by all the movement, and my eyes just start closing. Don't take road trips wow. with me. <laughs> yes. Like, all of a sudden, there's a three count, and you're in your driveway. Yes, I, I, I hit a rumble strip, and then... <laughs> Well, I'm just happy that we're, we're emanating from beautiful, historic Cleveland, Ohio, as yeah. we're told over and over again. Well, you know, when I think summer, I think summer in Cleveland, yeah. uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh-huh. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, what about uh, Art Modell? That's uh, <laughs> that's another one they hit. Uh, I, loved, I loved the B-roll, by the way. Well, there's so much it, to get We into. could call this B-roll uh, in the style of drunk cameraman. <laughs> Or, or uh, dad trying to figure out the controls on the on the camera because they would they did a lot of uh, like thirty five degree angles of shots like and then it, it would kind of move from side to side as they're trying to take a steady shot and that was one of the things that WWE or WWF later WWE became was known for was how dynamic their camera work was during the matches <laughs> and so I think they tried to apply that to just kind of everything they did and it does not work it was super dynamic i felt like i was on a pigeon (laughs) i just can't imagine at this point one of the big four um pay-per-views taking place in cleveland of all cities 
it's sort of like when uh, you find out about previous Olympics and you're like, I guess, I don't know how they won the bid. I don't like, why did we go to Salt Lake City? I'm not positive. I mean, also, you got to remember this time as the historian, put my historian hat on mm-hmm. for a minute. Oh, the angel the death hat. So, <laughs> the is so much smaller at this point, honestly. And this is a very low pay-per-view buy rate. Uh, in general, for the WWFE at this point, like in terms of what they were selling for this, the competition WCW is really high. They're not selling tons of live tickets. Like this is not. So they're operating at a very different scale than we're used to seeing them operate at. So at this point, Cleveland felt huge. I mean, they were in Canada for the first time emitting a televised event last month. So they were, they were a little bit on the ropes at this point. Like, not necessarily on the ropes, but like the it's everything's being the empire's being built. Okay. So if you think about even like at this point, like the syndicated television shows they have, I mean they're paying local syndicates for like Saturday morning wrestling shows and stuff like that. So it's like a fair they're like just figuring out the TV game really still. I mean they they've got that hotline. Yeah, it's true. The nine hundred numbers that truly was a big part of it. Merchandise is a big part of it. So and, and starting to get smoked in the TV ratings. Correct? Absolutely, yeah. This is while this is happening. I mean, like NWO is happening over right now, like concurrently with this in WCW. So that's like huge. All their biggest stars are going. Diesel, Razor Ramon have left. So this is like a big. This is kind of like a big scary time for them. So um, I think on the ropes is actually accurate. Yeah, I don't know. If there's like on the ropes is, but like it, it's it's <sighs> there's definitely uh, pressure, and the fans know it because I definitely saw I saw Bischoff sucks t-shirt in the ring um i saw like a, just right he, is he time. the he's the president of uh of, eric uh, bischoff was the head of like kind of like the head of creative yeah, more or less like he was the brains behind what was happening at wcw ted turner basically kind of gave him free reign to uh, and like a, a blank check to do whatever he had to do to beat wwf it's weird that ted turner had a wrestling foundation like a federation it's super weird because like you think of him, I don't know. He like he also has classic movies. Like he went in a <laughs> he went in a very different direction. Like Vince McMahon is just like Vince McMahon took wrestling and cast everything in the lens of wrestling. Whereas Ted Turner had like a wider lens, and he was just like, oh yeah, re- wrestling is just a part of of everything else I do. Like looking at the way they both viewed things, like. I mean, if, if Vince McMahon had a classic channel, like a classic movies <laughs> channel, it would only be classic movies with wrestlers or about wrestling. Well, no, all... also like very, very misogynist things. <laughs> yeah, right. also Super that. misogynist things. <laughs> I feel like it's a super Georgia thing to have like a classic movie channel that you could show a colorized version of Gone with the Wind and, uh, and then um, follow it up with some wrestling afterwards. <laughs> Did we want to talk about the, uh, the monsters and their masks intro to this? I mean, I definitely do. I kind of yes. liked it. I was into it. I bought. I was like, "Ooh!" I, I was. I was sucked into the narrative at that point. This uh, this promo really did a lot of framing work, right? So, like, I didn't realize that Vader and mankind were on the same spectrum, or that they were like that they were the monster end, and that first of all, the way they frame Undertaker, because I I remember. And, and, like, what I've seen so far hasn't shown me otherwise until now. I remember Undertaker being, I don't know if he was a heel, but he was just, like, a force. I never thought of him as, like, the good guy. And now they're like, oh, he he is the arbiter of the light, you know, and, and, and between the light and the darkness. And I was like, what is happening? Yeah, they're really doing a lot to build mythology here. The one thing I didn't like about this is, come on, guys, rule of threes. You need a third monster in a mask. 
This is true. I would have appreciated a third monster mask. This is before. We'll get some more monsters coming. But this, I thought, I was really happy they started doing this. I feel like the last couple pay-per-views we watched were sort of uh, boring story-wise. Yeah, it like, was very like, this guy disrespected me or I want to beat him in the ring. And it was like, it like literally was like bare minimum yeah. of the, a story. The intros are very worldwide sports. Like, coming to you live from, from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. We've got this going on next. Followed up by these two guys getting into the ring because they are fighting. Totally. And I feel like what they did with the and monsters. Cassell. <laughs> but I feel like both with Vader and Mankind, I feel like, and I think I've said this before, I think like Mankind and Undertaker are two of the best characters WWE, WWF has yes. ever created. I think they were just like, they're singular and they're so interesting and they were so well thought out and fully embodied. Vader less so, but still the idea of like building up the mythology and the mythos around it, I thought was, I, I, I was hooked instantly. And I was like, oh, I'm like very into this. Yeah. On a card where I feel like a lot of the other matches had honestly no build or very little build up to them they also used it to to really like put over Shawn michaels in, mm-hmm. in the sense of like they were like Shawn michaels he he had he gives up a lot of weight to vader but he has a he's very daring he's super brave yeah they and, pitched and it, him as the he's really like a conquering underdog hero here which is despite the fact that he's got the championship around and him. also that he's running his entire company behind the scenes and he's the horse break kid. <laughs> he is a dressage horse who comes out. I mean, how can that be an under an under pony? <laughs> All right, but we'll get there. Uh, starting off, we had Sabio Vega versus Owen Hart. And before we even get to that, though, I got to say, the ring apron looked like it was painted by the local middle school. Like they it had might a have con- been. Yeah. <laughs> I think they showed a clip of that of them in Cleveland just painting aprons. We'll get we'll go more into it, but I wouldn't be surprised if this was like a community project. Um, I also do want to talk about. I remember when I was first when I was watching this live as it was happening, really being into Savio Vega, mm-hmm. like really like thinking he was so cool. And I was watching this, and I was like, "What is that guy wearing? What is happening? He looked like he stepped out of an In Living Color Fly Girls like wardrobe rack. Like he fell into it in a cartoon and came out in some sort of like shredded, striped, sleeveless, insane thing." I was gonna say he's dressed the way that people think that Sinbad was dressed when he was in Shazam, a movie that doesn't exist. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Or also like an outfit that someone would only ever wear at the Puerto Rican Day Parade. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, it was so much. Here's patchwork. Here's the weird thing though. When I saw him and I hadn't seen Savio Vega, I'd only heard the name from the Caribbean strap match, yeah. which mm-hmm. is a real thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very familiar. And we're going to get like 14 more of those yeah. in the next oh, few Oh, thank God. Um, I'm, I'm sorry I missed the first, but, or not the first, maybe one, the last in the sequence. Um, but I, I, when I saw him and what, like when he was coming out, I actually thought to myself, I was like, you know what? This feels more contemporary than the other things that I've seen on this. Like mankind obviously is, is super defining undertaker. I know cause I've been watching wrestling. Um, but a lot of the other guys, it, it's all like, you know, hokey shit. Savio Vega is kind of, uh, to me seemed like a more modern take on like, you know, what you see now, which is. Some fucking music plays. A guy comes out and he's like super like psyched to be there, and he just like slaps some fans, and that's about it. Well, I mean, like this can this conversation. Could, I, I'm going to tread very carefully because I feel like I can, I can wade into problematic waters very easily. <laughs> but I do agree with what you're saying, and I do think Savio Vega was an example of the WWF trying to like broaden their 
offerings the yeah. same way I think we see contemporary today with teams like the New Day and the Usos doing rap battles and stuff like that that actually is kind of cool and using the vernacular and like tapping into like the zeitgeist in a bigger way yeah so like I do agree and see what you're saying with Savio Vega as sort of like a, a, a chance to broaden sort of the storytelling and character and I mean, it's so nice to feel vindicated scene. sometimes. Yeah. Once in a while, I feel like I have the right take. And it's not like they're, they've come that far. I mean, because you remember the Cologne's whole stick was, come to Puerto Rico. We're Puerto Rico. Oh, God. Let's not talk about the Cologne's, please. <laughs> uh, let's We've talk got about, years to catch up to that. Let's talk oh, about Owen Hart, because I, I, def- I love Owen Hart. You should. I fucking love him. His music is so good. <laughs> that 80s riff... I feel like, and some of Owen Hart predates my like obsession and like fully watching every week to week. But from what I even understand, again historically, uh, Owen Hart was always over, always over, and he they made him do some ridiculous shit, and even still, always over because he's great in the ring. He's a great heel. You want to boo him? Like he's great. I, I love. He's like that, the Miz. He's like a, yes. he's like an early Miz. Yeah. I love that he carries his Slammy Award around with him everywhere. Yes. For so long, it he did that too. Reminds me, when I was a kid, my, my dad's company picnic, there was a pie-eating contest. Oh, boy. And I, and I won it. Oh, and I got a And I got a medal. And it was around my neck the entire day, including down by the pool, where somebody's like, hey, what'd you win that medal for? It was like, pie-eating contest. It's like, yeah, I guess so. It was like, oh. Aaron, it, the things I learned about you on podcasts... <laughs> This might be around the same time that you had to go see Independence Day with your mom. Oh, uh, this was a that... month. That was last month. Okay. <laughs> this right now, I'm just hanging out in Crofton, Maryland, <laughs> no friends, uh, just like counting down the days till school starts. Like, May- maybe I'll meet somebody there. Well, if you have the medal, if you can't meet somebody with that medal, <laughs> I don't know who can. Shut the medal, up. the medal predated this. A few you're, years. you're like, you're like Mark Henry, but without the, with you know, you didn't get your medal and you didn't bronze it. Without dressing like you're like a lost member, <laughs> like you ate all of Boys to Men. Oh my God, we will talk. <laughs> yeah. We will talk about this. Um, I uh, I also I, I just to inject, you know, my uh, Cassandra vision or whatever. When I watch Owen Hart, Cassandra, right? She she saw the future. I have no idea what that the reference Greek is. mythology of Cassandra. God, you fucking. <laughs> So, anyway, Sorry, is that a wrestler? I've or? taught yeah. Greek mythology in high school classes. You're, you're, who is the, who t- is the woman who could see the future but could do nothing about it? I don't, I don't know this myth. It's Cassandra. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Go ahead, Cassandra. Look it up. So, anyway. Cassandra explains it all. So, I, when I, whenever I see, I'm like, I'm like, is this when he dies? Is this when Owen dies? Oh no, you have a while. I yeah. okay. Well, don't don't let don't tell me because I, I want to be surprised by. Also, it. Also, I mean, weird. like. The, to be clear, something we'll have to deal with it. We don't have to keep this in this episode, but we will never see that because that doesn't. It doesn't. Was it exist. a house show? No, it was a paper. No, it was a paper. It's been removed. Like <gasps> there's literally a tape that is marked. It exists, and there's a, it's marked. Do not ever show, and it will not. Ne- so it, it will. It exists in a vault nor somewhere. No, like, nor should. No, it's yeah. This nor is, should. We, it. This isn't faces of death. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it's on YouTube. I will not look. I don't care. I, I, I it, cre- it creeps me out. Um, but we will not be able. We will not see it. I don't even know. I think the rest of the pay per view might be on with that edited out. But there may be a chance that whole pay per view is not on the network. Oh, because we'll like, show the whole pay per view. Are we going to skip a pay per view? I, I don't know. We're I don't hold me to this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
All right. Well, I'm already thinking about the trivia it's a episode. Wild. We're yeah. gonna have to play Crossroads. Mm-hmm. We'll 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 get there when we get there. Yeah. But ev- that's what I think. Every time I see him, I'm like, you you perfect angel. Well, not perfect. He's got that. He's got that cast on his he's arm. Which, that is there anybody in the entire ring when they saw that cast that wasn't like he's gonna hit him with that cast? Yeah, I mean, that oh. was his whole shtick at this point. It's like so. But like the thing is, I wish the ref was positioned better when he hit him with the cast. It's like you're looking <laughs> clearly right. <laughs> At him, he he literally had to take a like five steps back and be like, Whoa! like <laughs> so he was so he didn't see it. Um, what do you think when Owen Hart gets a cast at the doctor? Like, do you think like you know doctors are like you can't shower with this, <laughs> you can't like you're gonna have to like get a use a scratcher to get inside. Like, well, d- well, can I hit my opponents in the head with it? You're gonna have to wrap it in a garbage bag first. <laughs> yeah, I also want him to be like, can you do like a little loose? I want it like a boot cut cast. Like, I want it like a wide. <laughs> Slide. Yeah, I need it to come easily. What's a soft cast like? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, hard on the outside, but soft on the inside for me. <laughs> Just like Owen. Oh, it was the '90s. Everything was baggier. I feel like you. <laughs> right. Like... It was actually a cargo cast. <laughs> <laughs> I love during this match the shot. They're like they kept playing up how Jim Cornette is not supporting his other Camp Cornette cohorts he's like mm-hmm. so focused on vader yeah and he's in the back and vader is working out and jim Cornette's just screaming in his face that's how like, i work what out you're telling him that's what, what is mean. like jim Cornette? like he's not like billy blanks he's not like some kind he's not like bob from the biggest loser what is he telling vader about how to condition right now <laughs> this and he's he's doing the same motion so he's like curl curl do it curl just screaming. Um, but thank God he was back there because then we're treated to Clarence Mason. Oh. Who, I mean, I'm guessing is supposed to be Clarence Thompson, Thomas and uh, Perry Mason. Wait, is he actually supposed to be like Clarence Thomas or is he supposed to be more like, um, what's his face from OJ, the OJ trial? Well, it's just, just the name. I think he's probably a Johnny Cochran, but I'm just, Johnny Cochran. I'm just picturing putting his, him putting his pubes on uh, Sonny's oh, Pepsi at geez. some point. Definitely in the slot bucket. <laughs> uh, and she's she doesn't count him. She doesn't like chocolate. She also says that on the interview. No, she says it. She they were like also, asking about black people. She's like, I don't like chocolate. I'm like, no, oh. no, boo. Yeah, that's oh. that's like older, Sunny. She Jeez. should know better. Oh, so uh, one thing I wanted to mention is that I I really thought the ref had a lot of control over this match in the beginning. <laughs> there was a lot of time negotiating how this cast was going to be involved like Savio Vega wanted to make sure everything was covered and it took a long time and then I, and then immediately I was like I take it back because the ref it seemed like every time the ref had to do a count for a pin he would like he would start by hitting the mat and then he'd count to three but like when he was about to do his three count I was like it's been three counts like it seemed like there that were happens two, a lot. I feel like there were two times early on where I was, I was like, that felt like three counts already, and then they were like, oh, he got a shoulder up, and it felt like not a not a very good way to call it. Yeah, it's almost as if, uh, if as if the fix is in. Oh. in some of these matches. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Um, Owen sells so well. He's he's yeah. so good. And Savio Vega is he's pretty good. He's too. great in the um, ring. We flipped a flipped Owen over like a, a foot. Flipping? I don't know. I don't know the flippy moves flip. as good as he you. did a flippy yeah, flip. I feel like Savio Vega's finishing move was a spinning heel kick, which is like so insane to be a finishing move. Well, yeah. I mean, we are in the age of the Superman punch, so I guess I can't really judge too much. 
Um, but I will say one of my favorite things about Savio Vega today is um, I love reading oral histories of literally anything. I read the oral history of Four Loco recently. Like I read the oral history of the Street Fighter movie. I just like love reading oral histories. And uh, so many, there's so many wrestling ones with Savio Vega. And they're written and they transcribe him verbatim. And his accent is so heavy and all these people. And it's kind of hilarious to read them because they're like written in text as Savi Vega would say them, talking about what a piece of shit Shawn Michaels was. Oh, man. Yeah. So, did everybody hate Shawn Michaels? Oh, we'll get, we're going to get okay, it. There's okay. a lot to talk about in that. Right, there were a lot of people who loved him. Pretty much everyone else hated him. Everyone, I feel like well, I a, guess a lot you, of people You backstage. hate him or you love him. Mm-hmm. By the way, talking about Owen Hart and how he sells, I loved when Savio Vega had his arm and he was going, ow, my arm! And he's pointing at his arm. He's just going, ow, this is the arm that he's hurting. <laughs> What a way to sell. What a, what a method. Yeah, but overall, I thought the match was... Uh, I've kind of slow-paced. I wasn't super... I, there wasn't a lot of story built into it. I believe, also, it was supposed to be a different match that was rebooked. That's I know what I was the, wondering, actually. I, I was like, the, what are the stakes? The Bulldog... The, definitely the Bulldog Psycho Sid match was supposed to be something else. Um, it was a last-minute replacement. Um, but I don't... I feel like this one was also a last-minute replacement of sorts. Um, because between Ahmed Johnson being injured, which we'll also go into in a yeah. bit, between Ultimate Warrior walk uh, walking out, basically, there was like a lot of shuffling around. But there was no stakes. There wasn't really a lead up to this. And then we see Justin the Hawk Bradshaw. Oh. Did you recognize him? I They said Bradshaw, and I was like, is that JB? First of all, he cut an unmiked promo at the table, and I was like, oh, this is fun. He's just, I'm just hearing him yell things. And then I kind of got a little bit of the gist when he attacked Savio Vega because I guess Savio Vega upset his chances at uh, tag team belt. Bobby, what would you say that uh, that Justin Hawk Bradshaw's like brand is? Oh, he was uh, he was a mean cowboy. He literally would speaking of brand, he would brand people like that was his whole thing. What? But it was like it was a brand with like ink on it. It wasn't. It was clearly not. It was hot a stamp. That's yeah, it. Was a stamp. He was a notary. He was a notary public. <laughs> But did if he's you feeling, recognize, if he's feeling especially sassy, he would emboss it. That was uh, Zeb, Zeb Coulter, Coulter who yeah. was with him, um, who would come back, who we'd see years later with Zach. Do you remember uh, seeing Jack him? Swagger. He did the, the uh, horrible Mex-American uh, the thing with Del Rio. Uh, Alberto Del Rio. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was the uh, the manager. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the guy with the, with the cowboy hat. Yep, yeah. and all the facial hair. But he's, is Zeb Coulter, is that his, what's his real name? I, I don't know. Okay. Sorry. But he's been a, with... Like within a couple for a long time. So why were they mentioning Bret Hart a lot? I mean, obviously Owen Hart is his brother, but why were they mentioning Bret Hart so much? And especially where was Bret Hart? Is he injured at this point? So Bret Hart at this point, he lost his title to Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 12, which was the most recent WrestleMania before we're watching now. Yeah. Okay. So after that, he did a European tour and then he took a hiatus from television. He was like kind of figuring out what he wants to do. He had competing offers from WCWWF. WWF actually offered him a 20-year contract at that point because they're so desperate to like lock down people so they don't keep jumping ship. So he's like figuring out what's happening, but he's on hiatus from television. So he's not on TV right now. I can't even imagine how things would be different if he took a 20-year contract. They would be very different. But he uh, is not there right now. So he's kind of like a non-factor in everything that's happening now. Um... Okay, so now getting to uh, getting back to what was his name, the, the the Johnny Cochran type guy, Clarence Mason. Clarence Mason. Did you notice he came out with an empty binder? <laughs> it was actually a binder full of women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It was literally that. That's how many female prospects he had. 
was zero. Uh, I don't know if that's what he thinks it takes to be a manager, but clearly you need at least one paper. <laughs> one piece. The binder needs to hold something, is what I'm saying. Is this? I see. I don't remember the storyline. Is this going somewhere, Bobby? It is. Okay. It is. Yeah. Well, Clarence Mason um, becomes a pretty important character when we're going to be moving some things. I don't want to spoil too much. Yeah. Um, but there is a lot important character things that come up, and Clarence Mason plays a big role. Did you notice, by the way, that? Um, so I, I really liked at I don't know about 16 minutes in, Savio pins uh, Owen Hart, and he just literally lays on him like. Like the way that, you know, friends might or like a, a kitten. Uh, and Jim Ross goes, not a good cover by Savio. <laughs> like, yes, we, we all can see that. He's not trying very hard. He was he just fell asleep in a sunbeam. <laughs> by the way, Jim Ross looked fantastic in this one. I think it's so I, weird I to saw... see him without a cowboy hat. Jim Ross? Yeah. I, I mean, feel like Jim Ross without a cowboy hat is like seeing like I don't know. I'm neutral on this. It's just like, I I need it. He needs the cowboy hat. It's that's his whole thing. That's like seeing I don't know. God, I need I need a, I need a, a better cowboy without here. a cowboy hat. I need a better reference here. He's like a notary like, uh, without his brand. Superman without a cape. It's very weird. I guess he's Clark Kent all the time. So well, I don't know. Well, this this is around crush. like this is around when uh, DC turned Superman into like the electric Superman. Yeah, they did have a Superman a without a cape. All right, okay, that's not the best example. Okay, <laughs> it's like so steel. Let's figure it out. All right, moving on. So, so like, then we go from there. It's like there. Batman when he murders. <laughs> <laughs> when he uses guns. I want someone with like a trademark thing. What would it? Uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, Indiana Jones if he lost his hat on the other side of the wall. That's a bad one. That's a bad well, one. Well, it's another hat one, I know. Who else does it? Who else? It's like, it's, it's like uh, Charlie Chaplin without his mustache. Or Hitler without his mustache. <laughs> That's right. It's like seeing Hitler without his mustache. Yeah, he, turns out he's actually a good looking guy. That would be that would be the weirdest thing. Uh, speaking of weird things, so then um, from there we go to a remote from uh, Todd... What was it? Todd Pettengill. Todd Pettengill, where he goes to a boiler room. Amazing. This is freaky. It's guys. the boiler room. The boiler room. There are pipes. <laughs> yep. There are pipes. Mick licks a pipe. Why would you do that? It's terrible. Like, Mick, the person, don't lick a pipe. That shit is nasty. But also, I feel like this is one of the first times watching that we had mankind speak full sentences, yes. and it's terrifying. Oh, there's no place like home. Yeah. He's just, like, man. I think I would love movie night with Mick Foley because <laughs> that dude, he just, he's so inspired. He just, you can tell he just goes through the old classics. It's great. Yeah. He gives all of this character and it is legit. I remember, I guess when this was out, when this was happening, I was 11. I remember being sincerely frightened of mankind. And I do know that it's a low bar that I, uh, I sometimes read <laughs> Wikipedia summaries of horror films and can't sleep. And so I'm not the best barometer of what's actually scary, but I do remember being an 11 year old and I did watch and we'll get, we'll talk more about it, but yeah. aren't you afraid of just the idea of the slender man? Yes. Oh my God. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know what it is or how it works, but, but I'm so afraid he's off carbs. So. You might be interested in it. <laughs> That's true. But what's his secret? He looks great. Yeah. That guy, he um, is so tall. He is so all, slender. I wish my brand was slender man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wish my brand was. Uh, 
but I remember watching the Boiler Room Brawl, the uh, scrambled pay-per-view, and still being sincerely frightened. Well, I think the scrambling makes it worse. Yeah. I think true. it does make it yeah. scarier. In fact, they use that technique. We'll get into that later, but I feel like... Uh, first, we got the four-way tag, though. Ugh. I, I, yes. ugh, I know it's it's hard to get through this, because it's truly this match was... So shitty. Well, I I hate always the matches where it's a, a, a multiple tag teams involved in it, and there are only two that are allowed to be involved at any time, and then it, like the other teams have to like grab them as they're in their corner to tag in and stuff it's like that. It's so gimmicky. It was so I gimmicky. Mean, also, this is like gimmick on gimmick on gimmick because yes. these are four teams that are like truly like so old school. Like, the new rockers. The new rockers. So Richard, so Marty Gennetti and Shawn Michaels were the rockers. So now we have Leaf Cassidy, uh, a, a combination of Leaf Garrett and David Cassidy. The whole thing is like they're like 70s. They're supposed to be like the monkeys. So it's very, they're like a more of a That's comedy routine. That's what their routine. theme is. Okay. Yeah, I didn't so they're know like that. a 70s sort of kitschy thing, which whose idea was that? Shawn Michaels was to make him a goof act because it was used to be Shawn Michaels and Mario Gennetti were the rockers and they were like kind of cool and good. And that's the thing. So when I used to hear, I mean, now I think I've, I've watched, you know, five or six hours of wrestling from those days. So now I'm like, oh, Shawn Michaels, Heartbreak Kid. But back in the day when I used to watch, it was Shawn Michaels and Mario Gennetti. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, the rockers. And I, I was like, well, if Shawn Michaels made it, like Mario Gennetti must be doing great also. No. no, he just forms the new. It's like new Coke. Yeah, and as, as successful, it was bad. Truly, it's it's bad. And it, and Leaf Cassidy goes on to become Al Snow. Oh, if oh no one realizes, you will get oh. to Al Snow. But I Al can't Snow wait great. until we get to Al. But Snow. he becomes Al. He goes some time at ECW and comes back as Al Snow, which is a very interesting character and has a very interesting career path. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now he's Leaf Ca- uh, Leaf Cassidy. There's which so is a much less to talk about Leaf Cassidy. Dude, yeah. Like, did Marty Jannetty have the same haircut for ten years? Because I, I think he that still has haircut, the haircut. Yeah, right. Like he I died. Mean, he died with that. Mullet. Up until very recently, Shawn Michaels had the same haircut. <laughs> well, I mean, like not as oof. successfully and yeah. thinner and well, thinner. Well, Marty Jannetty without that hair is kind of like Jared without a cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> like Hitler with a with a handlebar mustache. Kind of intriguing. Uh, Don't you think? Poof. <laughs> Really leaning into it. Yeah, you listen. <laughs> it's the rule of threes. You get three Führers. You get a third Reich. But we also have, I love how um, we have Skip of the Body Donnas with a neck brace on. Hate. Not in the ring at all. Literally did nothing. He did nothing the whole so time. Really, it was a real injury. That's why. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was a real injury. He so why, the, why didn't they why just bother? change it to three? A three, the three-team tag? Because yeah. they, they were like, who cares about literally anything at this point? <laughs> And then you have the Godwins, who are kind of like an early fashion inspiration for Luke Harper. <laughs> was this like their their like uh, nihilistic match where they're just like, guys, I what I don't know. Let's just throw eighteen men in a ring, we'll, and we'll have them take turns fighting each other. We, I don't care. We had Godwins uh, menagerie there. They had a basset hound on a leash. That was kind of they're cute. carrying around a pig. Kind of cute. All those animals are terrified. Uh, yeah, by the way, also, I think Phineas was, like, trying to wrangle his because he came late. I think the only spot in this whole match that I sincerely enjoyed, I thought, was the um, when they tagged yes. both of the smoking guns at the same time. Uh-huh. And they were like, now you got to fight the rules. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, is this a thing? Yeah. But I do love, I mean, like, truly, there's, like, such an easy out. It's like, just go tag other people. No, but like, then they, they ran. so mad for so long. They were they, like, they ran what over. do we do? And it's like... 
There's a simple solution. My note for that is simply, this is very dumb. I, I loved watching everybody scatter on the on the ropes yeah. so they wouldn't get tagged. But they were just like, they were mostly arguing with Harvey Wimpleman. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it, was it Harvey Wimpleman? Maybe I'm just seeing him on a different screen right now. It, was, it probably wasn't Harvey Wimpleman. I don't think it was Harvey Wimpleman. Uh, but they were arguing with the ref. And, uh, and, and then they were like, how do we get out of this? And they were like, you have to engage. <laughs> Like, you have to do something. Like, why can't you just throw one guy into the ropes and he goes back and touches Better yet, though, like, you guys wanted wanted you to just pin the other one and then you keep your belts. No, because then they would have been eliminated. Oh. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, that's right. It's elimination. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't be the winner and the loser at the same time. I've heard it's elimination, not just, like, yeah. first, like, a typical triple threader, uh, fatal four-way. Uh, I really liked how uh, Henry Godwin it had, a, had a sequence where he was essentially combing Billy Gunn's hair. <laughs> And uh, which we've all wanted to do at one time was, or another. He's combing it, and that's how he knocks it down. And Billy Gunn sells that shit like he's got a suitcase full of Cutco knives. <laughs> he he falls down, gets up, stumbles around, falls down, rolls out of the ring, walks around outside the ring, falls down. Like it might be an inner ear problem. Billy Gunn se- is a great seller. I feel like as well. We will see for years to come. Uh, um, he's oh. Oh, one of my favorite things was was early on in the match when Sonny is handing over the belts, and then she's playing like she's pl- like I don't want to give up the wanna, belts. Yeah. I don't want to give up the belts. Um, I would really like to know where the Sunny tarp is these days that exploded from the rafters. It is definitely in, like her garage. Like, I'm sure I was gonna say has it somewhere, at, probably on the floor of like a an old Forty Second Street like <laughs> jizz theater. <laughs> I'm just following the following the train here, the train of wrestlers. Jizz, I just, jizz theater, folks. I mean, let's not forget it's the, the jizz theater of the mind. We are living in the year. This is '96. This is the year where Sonny is the most downloaded celebrity on AOL. What does it mean to be a downloaded celebrity? Because you had to download pictures at that point. She is the most like downloaded celebrity on AOL. I that remember is... 1996 AOL where it took 20 minutes for a picture to load and it's just like line like one line by line, time. by Dude. line by line. And it's like, oh, I think I see a tit. No, it was... no, not yeah. quite. Had she been posing nude at that time? I don't think she'd posed nude yet. I don't think we've gotten to that point where they're doing where they're doing Playboy yet. Cause, um, but it is really interesting to watch this scene because at this point, Sunny is almost the only diva. Okay, we're just getting a little. We're getting a taste of Marlena. We're getting Sable. a little bit of Sable, um, and soon Sable will take over as like the top woman and in this you company. You can see it's happening already from the storylines. Oh, yeah. we'll oh get yeah, but it's great. I'm so glad we're checking in where we're checking in where we started because like this is like Sunny being like, I fucking own this place. Like she just feels that it's like, oof, this is gonna be such a fall. It's kind of like oof. a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead kind of thing. <laughs> we know it's coming, honey, and you don't. And I'm so so sorry. She, I mean, I guess we can get into. I guess we'll get into the the, the picture first of all. Did she think that? Uh, a giant photo of her looking like she's about to go for an, a job interview was going to be what would like it's just sell like it cleavage. It's like it's just, cleavage, but it's also like dr- like dress pants. It's like a it's like it is, it's a, it is a little like Joan on Mad Men wore less. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it was like like she constantly wears a short skirt, but she was like, no, no, no. 
It's it's Cleveland. I need to class it up. Also, was it was it double sided or was only like one part of the arena seeing it at all? Yeah, they, the, no, there they were the people were doing holograms. Well, and there were the people Center. behind it, and that was terrible for them. Well, I, I think this paper you said, tells us anything is that they do not care what the people in the arena oh, see we'll, oh, at we'll all. We'll get to that. We'll, we'll, we'll get that to down. that. Uh, but but yeah, know. but Sunny, Sunny, just she needs a she's got a much needed trip trip to the woodshed. Oh, what a weird thing to say. <laughs> that she's Jeze- so full of herself. That, that Jezebel. You know what I want to know is I want to know who's the camera guy who's responsible for when she's talking about Cleveland women and these fat, ugly women and are finding find. one woman in the audience. Not every woman. We're going to find one woman <laughs> to hold the shot on the whole time. What does and she I was like, think? Holy shit. Could you imagine being that woman? And then going home and watching and being like, oh, I guess we didn't have on demand. This, I guess they're assuming she's there. She's not watching on pay-per-view. She's like she calling her friend. She's know. like, hey, guys, I'm on TV. <laughs> But one thing, listen. 20, 22 years later, she finally gets the WWE Network and is like, oh, I'm going to go watch that pay-per-view I went to that one time. Oh, no. All her friends are like, Beverly, do us a favor. Never watch SummerSlam Don't 96. Don't get the network. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Um, that poor woman. W- one question I have uh, off topic uh, is, were the Rockers ever high-flying? Were they a high-flying so the definition of high flying is very different at this point, and we'll we'll right with Mark Marrow, well, yeah, he well, was high flying. But were they at the Mark Marrow level? Because in my memory, they were just I remember below. them doing a, a little bit of high flying because they did nothing in this. They did nothing in this, but think of it like Shawn, what Shawn Michaels does. So I I would think like there'd be like an off the top rope, a splash, okay. a missile drop kick. I okay. believe the missile drop kick was a finisher. Like that's and that was high flying. Okay. Um, it was a very, it, it was a very low stakes. But meanwhile, what's interesting, what's happening to keep in mind as well with WCW is WCW has a very robust cruiserweight division um, that was very popular, and they brought in a lot of lucha libre wrestlers, Psychosis and La Parca, and I'm not sure if all of them are over there yet. But they're building up a very credible cruiserweight division that was a, not like we have now, like really part of the show and a huge part of. I mean, made Rey Mysterio. I mean, like. Yeah, 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 huge. I was actually I was just reading something today that just talked about how great the WCW product was because they had so many different kinds of wrestling match. Where WWF at this point had a WWF match, and next we're gonna have a WWF match, yeah. and followed that by a WWF match. So I, I think that's also putting the pressure for them to take more risks and do more um, impressive things, which we're gonna see in a little bit coming up as well on this pay per view. But uh, but next, first we need to know what happens in our race through Cleveland. Oh, thank God. This I had to watch this maybe six times to understand. <laughs> I was like, wait, 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 wait. I had to like keep going back and be like, oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Wait, I, I'm sorry. What? How now, do you get to the stadium? That's what makes, I want to know. First of all, it's already happening. So <laughs> everyone's there. <laughs> they made it. They all made it. I, I first it blew my mind that they didn't show that before the tag match with all of the people who right. were involved, and then like give the Godwins like oh the Godwins won their race. So also, they wouldn't the Godwins won. take the horse? I don't. I mean, like, wouldn't the why Godwins are they? Why are they so into pig? rapid transit? They, so they were. I felt like that was like there was like a a uh, a city like a city campaign about taking public yeah. transportation where they were like, guys, we really need people to ride our train. Like, everyone's taking a horse and buggy. <laughs> we need everybody <laughs> to get on these fucking trains. We're going we're gonna to lose our fucking, like, shirts. And it's not even that, like, 
what's new or what's interesting or what's more convenient. Like truly they were like, I wonder which one's fastest. And it's like, are we really wondering which one's fastest? It reminded me of uh, in in stadiums when they do like the subway race and they're like, they're like, these three subways are racing and like, which is going to make it? And like everyone, like everyone in the crowd just kind of like bets on one. It felt like yeah. that, but with real people. It's like a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's, almost... ke- it's ketchup versus mustard in the sandwich races. <laughs> <laughs> Except ketchup's on a Segway, and we're like, wait, 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 ketchup's obviously gonna win. Yeah, no, also, ketchup is like a contractor, <laughs> and like, he may be injured next month, and so get it, film it now. It was the one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. Everyone was so earnest about it, and they were also trying their best to, like, listen, we're not gonna shit on the horse and buggy either. They're also like, this is beautiful, this horse is great. Like, everyone's like, they, you can't choose wrong. There, Turns out, there's no bad everyone wins. I was like, what the actual fuck? It was weird, especially like the just the fact that they like. Re- I guess I guess the tag teams historically are like the gimmick, uh, the gimmick promos, right? So like, it, it's a fun thing. I, and look, I'm not the history guy. I'm like, not the also, angel. Was of this a fun thing? Like, what? <laughs> even putting in all of my like, like if I was like being like the markiest mark that's ever like marky marked in the Funky Bunch. With this, I'd be like, "What am I latching? What is anyone doing?" It's arguably the two the two strongest tag teams taking no, the two I, strongest forms of transportation all, to be, to the the stadium. Next, we're gonna see who's gonna be faster filling out their taxes: the Body Donnas or the New Rockers. First of all, Zip is a fucking CPA. Nobody talks about that. What is the fastest way to get there? Should we take a spaceship or should we go backwards in time? And you're like, these are the options? We have a rickshaw and we have a... What were these? What? Why was no one driving? What about traffic? What about we have what? a pogo stick this and an not, airplane. Are people in Cleveland like, we're going to, we're going to SummerSlam. Should we take the horse and buggy or should we take the mass transit? Yeah, it was it was a public initiative. This is not Uber Pool versus Uber. It was so bizarre. <laughs> also, though, I have no idea what Cleveland was like in 1996. This could be accurate. It could be accurate today. Everyone was taking horse and buggies everywhere. There was a huge horse and buggy problem. Look, there was the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There was SummerSlam. And then the rest is just a fucking barren desert. Okay. They didn't have gasoline. Listen, straights, I got a question for you. Oh, good. What the fuck is a spitball? Is that a real pitch? Is that a real thing? Yeah. I thought that was just from like rookie of the year. Like this was just like a thing they just spit on the ball and throw it. Is that is that is that it? I'll let I'll let the, the more straight me? guy than me uh, talk about. It. I don't know. I I don't. I know. I think I also. Know what it I still play a little horse and buggy match. <laughs> <laughs> Which of you is straighter? Who's gonna make it to the vagina? <laughs> <laughs> um, I I always assumed it was just a ball that they. Spat Spit on, on. Yeah. So, so that it, it gave more, yeah. Like, kind of like they used to, um, some of the guys used to put Vaseline yeah. on the bottom of their uh, ball caps and they'd rub it and they put it on their fingers so that the ball would slip off easier. Yeah, the idea is, um, pitchers, if you're, do, if you're not pitching a fastball, what you want to pitch is something that has a lot of spin on it. And so, if you put like any kind of lubricant on the ball, then you can kind of like get that like get that good spin. And, and this will... was such a problem in baseball, they made a rule and then everyone knew about it. This seems well, this seems like being an insane thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was it was a, it, I mean, if you watched Major League, the movie, uh they, Charlie Sheen, is that Charlie Sheen? Yeah, yeah. Movie? Okay, okay. They had a whole thing. They had a whole it, sequence but... where there was where like, you know, 
also in Cleveland, where the guys a lot of a lot of the a lot of the pitchers will like I think they'll like lick their hand. Will they lick their hands? Are they allowed to? You know way more about baseball than I do, Eric. Football players, well, quarterbacks lick their lick their fingers a lot, but I think with with uh, with pitchers, basically. Because uh, the football is made of pig skin, so like, yeah. it's, it's they want to taste the bacon. It's, yeah, it's, it's like, very greasy. It's like, a... but essentially the idea is like you, um, if people could sneak it, they would try to get. And especially if you're like an, an older pitcher and you're you maybe you're you've lost a little bit, you want to go for some of those like specialty pitches because if you just try to like nobody can pitch heat the whole their whole life, heat being fastballs. Right. Right. So. The, what you try to go for is like pitches that are a little bit trickier for people. To I think Bobby's more so, confused than when this conversation started. So Jerry Lawler is asking professional baseball players how to spin on a baseball is basically what's happening. Jerry Lawler <laughs> likes to break the rules. And I, yes, I understand. Sure. My note was if he really wants to find out what's illegal, he should ask them about performance enhancement drugs. <laughs> oh. Because this is the year for it, I hey, think. Hey, right? Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, is that 96? Yeah, that's, this is, it's, uh, it's, it's a maybe a, a couple years. I think 98. I don't know. I don't um, know. It's a couple years later. Sure. It's very soon. And also, he's he's sitting up at the very top with the entire stadium empty. And <laughs> if he's that, like, I'm going to break all the rules, just go down a few rows, buddy. Just, he also is the kind of guy who, like, you you know those guys when you get, like, bad seats at a baseball game, they, like, fucking comment the whole time, like, oh, I'm getting nosebleeds over here. Like, every, he just, like. Wait, you're saying Jerry Lawler is the type to comment on everything that's going on in his life. It's weird that that you would think that he uses old cliche jokes. Uh, he probably, when he goes skiing, he when he sees somebody wipe out, he says it's a yard sale. Uh, also during this, wait, just to go back to the race for a minute, yeah. Billy Gunn's wearing a cast and no one talks about it. And I was like, we just saw Owen Hart make a cast be like the focal point of his entire match. And now you had a cast a few days ago, oh. and now you're just wrestling? No, I can talk about What that. was the cast on? Uh, his, uh, his arm. Same, uh, as if he borrowed Owen Hart's cast. Wait, was he going to hit the horse <laughs> when the ref wasn't He was looking? actually going to hit the train. <laughs> the plan. <laughs> Okay, that's all bizarre. Mm-hmm. Then they're doing like very like um, now we're gonna go Sister Act two style and paint over graffiti. There's no graffiti. They're just painting over old <laughs> it bricks. It was just the wall. I was like, oh, you guys are just flipping a house. Like, what is happening? It was Sabu Vega. Also, I don't trust Sunny around the children. Exactly. Well, that whatever. Remember that seventeen? Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> I think we, were, we we did this off air, but we were talking about how there's a YouTube clip where Sunny talks about all the people she slept with, and this is like I think probably Sunny like in her last year of wrestling or something, and she goes, "Well, yeah, there was that 17 year old last year," like, and she just kept keeps mentioning it as though that's nothing, right? And like, and she's probably in her like mid 40s, maybe late 40s. Something like that. I'm deeply yeah. uncomfortable. It's super weird. Kind of, kind of uncomfortable as I was when then Undertaker gave away a funeral. What does it mean to give away a funeral? <laughs> what does that mean? I know. Listen, I know he is the protection of the light against the forces of darkness. But when you give away a funeral, do, does somebody have to be dead, or is it like a future funeral? Yeah, is it like a, is it like do you get like a gift certificate? <laughs> does, like... does Paul Bearer come out and give you like the options about the caskets you can get? <laughs> He's like, mostly we do urns. We we're big on urns. The other day, sounds like talking about our hobbies. He gives a eulogy. He's to come out. <laughs> they get one of those giant pictures with the with the with the roses. Mark Calloway is sitting in Texas right now, and all of a sudden the phone rings. He's like, "Oh man, that funeral I gave in 1996. Got to go do it now." They're all cashing in. Bill in Cleveland is dead. <laughs> Got to show up. So the next match, we've got Psycho Sid versus the British Bulldog. Psycho Sid, first of all, 
Uh, I really like that he's em- he's embracing the psychoness. I love him. Oh my god! Yeah, he's great. He starts talking. He like now he's fucking doing voices, and I'm like I'm all in. I think he, he hear voices in his head. Yeah, <laughs> I. I I think when he's in a tag team or when you know when he's involved in a group, I think he tones it down much like uh, the crazy people on a subway car. When like another crazy person comes in, they kind of like they just shut it up and then they wait, wait till they find their car. I think Psycho Sid just like tones it down until it's his moment, and then man, the voices come out. It's great. I don't have a lot to say about this match. I will say that it was just a pretty good, solid match. It would be like the first or second best match on our Monday Night Raw in 2018. Um, I wouldn't even go that... I wouldn't go that far. But I do think it was, it was, it was solid. It Had was a good fine. pop. Uh, People, they're... I, the crowd is just they fucking love him. Said. They're just really nuts for him. He walks in. He walks in wet as fuck. And he's just going, the man is Look, here. After the seeing, man is here. After seeing Roman Reigns, truly no one is ever more wet. <laughs> in the history, Aquaman yeah. is not more wet than Roman Reigns. <laughs> He comes out covered in like true motor oil. Yeah, no. Uh, this is you know he. Th- uh, so everything now Sid, I'm like these Sid guys had are droplets parched. His his basement his basement got damp. But he's got Justin Timberlake hair, and I feel like it's... I was I was trying to think of other than ramen hair, what else is it? And I was like, is it almost like those like those beaded curtains you see, or like maybe like is it you know like those those tapestries that you might get. It kind of looks like it was it was chiseled out of marble and then just it, it never moves ever. Or, yeah, or like uh, cabbage patch kid hair. Yeah. Oh, like the yarn hair. Yeah, I think it's yarn hair. Yarn hair. He's definitely got yarn hair. He's got yarn hair. <laughs> <laughs> yarn never gonna get out of his hair. Yeah, this was fine. The ending was you know more Clarence Mason, Jim Cornette, Hubbleballoo. Why is Cornette so mad? I think it's that it's that Clarence Mason is kind of stepping on his toes. Like, why is he getting involved? Why is he coming out here? I didn't tell you to come out here. Bah, 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 bah. Uh, and making the distraction so Sid can hit that power bomb, which is a great. It's a great power bomb. He does a very good power bomb. It's a really. It's fun to watch. I, I liked, by the way, that uh, McMahon says that uh, outside the ring, Sid is a very perfect gentleman. He's, it's so <laughs> weird that he's like, I got to vouch for this guy. Look, he's psycho, but. He's a, he's he's actually a very nice guy. I don't have much to say about him, honestly. I think it, it was it was fine. <clears throat> not a big, uh, not a big. For, uh, it it, it, it had it had good sequences for me, but I I mean, if I'm looking at my notes and I'm honest, it was like I literally just had a note about Vince McMahon talking about Psycho Sid, so it wasn't a lot for me. But then we have Mark Merrow versus Goldust. Oh my god, a lot to unpack here. Yes. I mean, Goldust is still rocking the outfit that does no one any favors. Did you notice, by the way, that there was a Goldu- a person dressed like Goldust, I, I fully did. dressed like Goldust? It was in very the hard, Eric, not to notice that. <laughs> You're like, did you notice it's that? You're like, bit... yeah, I noticed a person in the wig and full gold face paint directly in the line of the camera the entire evening. Yeah, it, I did. It, I noticed it, that. It looks. It's a little bit like a Where's Waldo book where you're like, oh, there's Goldust. There's another Goldust. It's like, where's Waldo except everyone is dressed normally except for one person who's wearing a wig and gold face paint, which makes it a lot easier, I feel. I, I, I saw him come in and I'm like, wow, how did Goldust outfit get even worse than the last one? And then I'm like, wait, no, that's the same, same outfit. outfit. It's just... 
What he stretched out? Like, did he get it wet? Did he not? Like, I don't understand. What do you think that out that outfit smells like when he takes it off? I truly could not imagine or want to. Where have all the round boys gone in wrestling? I because look, I I run every day, and when I take off my running okay, shorts, Eric, we get it. I'm I'm super fit, but what? But when I take off my running shorts, like ju- just the running shorts, and just after doing like. You know, three miles, no, no big deal. But they smell like absolute, like dead crotch. Mm-hmm. I don't know what wrestling in a full body suit, where like literally it's, it's made of like latex, like it's not breathing. It's like NASA designed. Like <laughs> it's like you cannot have any air come out of it. Like if you put a bubble over it, he'd be able to go in space. I feel like when he unzips it, like a cartoon skull cloud comes out of it. <laughs> also wearing a wig. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's bizarre. This a little bit of history for you. Apparently, originally, Goldust's infatuation with Sable was originally Marlena's infatuation with Sable, and it was going to be a lesbian angle. Like it. That Vince McMahon himself got cold feet on and switched it to Goldust being infatuated with Sable. But he also made them sort of like swingers, and they're like, I don't know, she doesn't really care. Like, she's in, yep. she's, she likes whatever he likes. He wants her to be happy. Yep. I that, fucking love Marlena. She's so fucking chill. She is. She just sits so cool and just watches. And she's just like they're like she doesn't care if he's pinned or not. And like she's just hanging out, like, smoking a cigar. Yeah, <laughs> like smoking a cigar. By the way, they made a cigar reference, and I was like, I had to look up when was uh, Lewinsky, and it was not. It was I think in a year or two. So unless they know something we didn't know then, <laughs> I kind of hope Vince McMahon was like talking to Bill Clinton. And he's just like, you'll never guess what happened. That's my Bill Clinton. <laughs> Mark uh, Mark Merrow shaved his facial hair. Yeah, his mustache is shrinking. Oh, so into it. Yeah, not into it. What? No, I liked him with the the big like like the little Richard kind of. Well, I'll you, I feel like it was like, ooh, he had to let it go. I do like the new ring gear. I like like the red. I like the tassels. I like I still like the paw prints. He's like the claws he's got on the knee pads. Um, I think Sable does some. Real lifetime original movie acting throughout. Ooh. First of all, they basically victimized Sable the whole match. Mm-hmm. Well, Sable in the last one came out in the all leather catsuit with a whip, and then now that she's got the attention of all of these terrifying men, she decides I'm going full evening dress, uh-huh. full evening gown, like Miss Elizabeth. Yeah, she. Um, there's so much for her story gets so insane. Uh, but right now, I think what they're doing with both Mankind and Goldust, both kind of tormenting her. The two most bizarre characters in yeah. the World Wrestling but Federation. When you think of Mankind out there, it is pretty disturbing her being out there calling her mommy. <gasps> I that fucking love it! I mean, it was horrifying. Not only mommy, great. but I have to hurt you. He it said was, that? Yeah. I missed that. Amazing. It was I fucking love it. Really nice. Very unnerving. Yeah. It was, I mean... You know what? Like, I think that part when she screams is probably not acting. It's a little bit like. <laughs> I don't understand why he came out when he did. Because, like, he came out while I believe Goldust has Marrow in a rest hold. It was a, it was like, a very boring sequence when he comes out. And I wasn't sure. He came out to distract. Like, it would make sense if Marrow was, like, picking up momentum and he came out to distract him. And instead, 
he came out in a very weird time. I think they were so in love with mankind that they were just like, look, do man, whatever, just go, just, just get come out, out find a time. Yeah, I don't think they they just uh, before this had a race between two men and, true. Between, through a city. I don't think they That's think true. a lot of things through. Well, the problem, the reason actually mankind was supposed to come earlier, but he took the horse and buggy. <laughs> It's just he didn't he doesn't understand public transportation. Well, we did see and what I couldn't I was trying to get um, confirmation on this, but I do believe this is one of it may be the first shooting star press. <gasps> oh, the, I fucking w- loved it. Telev- it was so good. WWF stuff. I I don't want to be quoted on that, but I, I I as far as I googled, I was like, where was this the first one? Um, there really it, needs to do like an OED of wrestling moves in Oxford English Dictionary. It's like, ah, this was that first would be coined amazing. By... Well, Why don't yeah, we I, do I, this? Under the history, <laughs> I mean, I know I could I could name some of it, and I think I've said this on the podcast. I don't know if I've said this on recording before, but the reason why I know so many of these moves is because I've played all the WWE video games from back when truly like the PS One. Yeah. I mean, before that too, I guess Super Nintendo, all that stuff. But when they started making creator wrestlers. And I would go through every move and like find the moves, and so I learned all their names. Bobby the Body. Bobby the Body. I played a uh, Muscle Men, and they didn't have the named moves, but they just kind of moved around the ring. It was Nintendo. The Pink Guys. Yeah, I remember that was those. a fun one. I had played. Oh, you played that before? Yeah, it was like I think it was on like NES. Oh man, I, I remember collecting those things. Oh, I still have them. I don't get rid of things. <laughs> we know Eric. Um, so but I, that move is great. But that move, the, he does yeah, the shooting star amazing. press. Coins at the wild thing. Um, it's a. It's oh, he a called tr- it the wild thing. Yeah, it's a truly thrilling. He so because they made, they called it the shooting star press at the so time. So it's very weird how they did it because if you if, when he comes out, Jr. starts talking about wild man told me he's got a new finisher he's gonna try out tonight called the wild thing and I asked what it was and he said he will you'll know it when you see it and that was the whole thing and he did it and he's like I guess that's the wild thing some people call it the shooting star press blah, 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 blah. that's what he said yeah man so it's the that becomes the wild thing becomes his finisher for a while though in this case it's not a finisher because he does it and then doesn't win the match doesn't finish like a yeah. very weird way to like do your finisher for the first time well and also it's like yeah it's like you'll you'll know it when you see it it's the thing that doesn't work yeah <laughs> But this is the move that famously, years later, we will see Brock Lesnar botch and almost paralyze himself against Kurt Angle. Wait, Brock Lesnar tries to do a shooting star? Does not try. Does it. Um, wow, more high-flying. Botches it, and it's one of the scariest botches in, in wrestling Will history. I see it? I mean, yeah. It's going to come up. He survives. I mean, so yeah. yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, but like, I didn't realize Brock Lesnar was in our purview. I don't know. I guess I mean I don't know. I don't know. It depends how popular this podcast gets. Probably not. So <laughs> like, we have a year. So I would rate say- review because we want to see. We want Eric to see that. So uh, what I what I like about this uh, match again, they they did a little bit of like foreshadowing, right? Because like the in the beginning of SummerSlam, they talk about you have your heroes and your monsters, and their monsters are in masks and all this shit. And sometimes, and they say sometimes the monsters win, right? And we'll see this. We'll see how sometimes the monsters win and sometimes the heroes win. They do a very it's a it's two sides of the coin. But also they were like, they're like you know these high flyers. They're taking it's big risks and big rewards. But you know so like they were basically the whole match talking about how Mero was in a risky position because you know. He could try these big moves, but like they're 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 gonna make him, you know, it, it's potential for him to lose higher potential. So like I kind of like that they that they were. I mean, it was a little bit it was a little bit uh 
pushing it, but I like that they were that they were trying to kind of like frame the match the whole way through. Yeah, I think this match was fine. Mm-hmm. I felt like it wasn't. Uh, yeah, that being said, I didn't really spots. like the match. I mean, that I feel much, like but... the crowd really lit up for the shooting star press because I feel like that's not something they've seen. Um, and and also, also for mankind, but that for that mankind. show was awesome. But also a little bit of history. This is the this was the first time he's ever done that move. I think in a match. I think he only had ever done it in the gym before this. Oh, from what I from my research, because I was trying to figure out if this is the first time it was on WWE television, but yeah. it was the first time he did it in like a match. Cool. That's really cool. Uh, so then from there, Farouk. Wait. Um, Are we at Farouk? Yet? They they start talking. They they also said they're gonna do the Intercontinental Championship on Raw. So so what happened? Ahmed Johnson was the Intercontinental Champion at this yeah. point. Ahmed Johnson gets attacked by Farouk after winning a battle. So he's the Intercontinental Champion. He wins a battle royal to get a WWF title shot, like a world title shot. Uh, before that, he got he got his he got injured, and then he, he got then injured. he uh, he he wrestled against Doctor's orders in the battle royal. That's what they said. So the what happened was he actually he he had the uh, some kidney problems, and then they went back and they. Um, they retcon kayfabe it into the story. Yeah, I think he the actual injury occurred uh, after the battle royal when he was attacked by Ferg. Yeah, they totally retconned it into this because mm-hmm. like that's what that's how they that's how they sold it in the promo. Yeah. Because also they were talking about it before I knew what was going on, so I'm like, what happened to Ahmed Johnson? They're like, we hope it, we hope they don't take his kidney, and I was like, what and it, happened to tr- Ahmed Johnson? And that's all. That's true. Like he, they really were like, oh, he might lose a kidney. It was real bad. Yeah, he was real for real injured. He got injured at the Battle Royal? After it was the no. attack by Ron Simmons, Farouk. Uh, no, but but it was just... It, I don't think it had anything to do with anything in ring. No, they do think... It's not clear, because he didn't get diagnosed until the week after the attack, for real. Like, he mm-hmm. did get attacked after the Battle Royal by Farouk. He went out... I think what you're thinking was that he went out and wrestled house shows after that. No, no, no. I mean, they said it in the... It, I, I'm just going off yeah, of yeah. what I saw in the promo. Well, I don't so. remember how they framed it, but, but what... He, in, Got kicked in the kidneys by Ferg, and it's not entirely clear if that was a real stiff kick, and he that was where the injury was. Yeah. Uh, but apparently there was heat, real backstage heat between Ahmed and Farouk after because he really did think he did this to him, but he didn't realize it for like a week after, and that's why it was so bad and actually urgent, and he really almost lost a kidney. But also he was at this point kind of injury prone too. There was also like kind of like the feeling that Ahmed Johnson was kind of prone to injury. Gotcha. But what's a mess now is that now they have Intercontinental Championship being rid of and this number one contendership. Because he had both. And now they're like, oh, great. These are like two huge stories. <laughs> so so they were like, and I, and I, you, um, in the past, we've talked about this. I mean, off, off, off podcast. We've talked about how um, they used to actually have titles change. Um, outside of the pay-per-views. Is that correct? Yeah, um, that's still kind of coming like a little ways away. Like, it, it would still, it would happen occasionally. I mean, it would happen at house shows sometimes. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, the yeah. But, yeah, they have titles still change on, not as frequently, but a title could change on SmackDown or Raw. They do to keep things kind of unpredictable, but they used to change but, more yeah, during but, but definitely, It happens, I, I mean, I haven't seen it happen on Raw in, or like, SmackDown in a long time, in a, but I also haven't watched it in a while. In a few years from where we're at right now, you're going to see a whole bunch of title changes of even the uh, the WWF Championship on Raw. Wow. Yeah. Because it's Monday Night Awards. They're trying to keep things, yeah. you, know, you have to watch, you don't know what you're going to miss. Yeah. 
but unrelated. It wasn't even for unpredictability. They would do it at house shows to make house shows interesting. That's really cool. And because there was people weren't on the internet, there weren't on these blogs and message boards or yeah. whatever, they can have you know a house show on a Tuesday in who cares Rhode Island, and they have some, Shawn Michaels lose the belt to whoever, and then win it back the next night in who cares New Hampshire. And by the time they come back to Raw, everything's status quo. My That's family's my from who from. cares New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> We all wanted. We all want to be from Who Cares. Yeah, I'm sure. But so yeah. So Farouk comes out. So, yeah. So then Farouk comes out and looking like a Mega Man and, villain. Yeah. Ron Simmons. <laughs> yes. Ron Simmons is unquestionably great. That outfit is unquestionably terrible. It it looked like um, the assignment at school was <laughs> dressed like a gladiator, and his mom was like, "Oh boy, I Glad- forgot." But this is the gladiator from this the is, future. This is Lisa Simpson's Florida outfit right here. <laughs> It is terrible. Also, apparently, it is because... I could see the foam. <laughs> Vince was worried about Ron Simmons being bald. So, like, we need something on your head. And I this, love Vince McMahon. And this is where it is. came from. And then this is where they ended up. What that doesn't explain, though, is his entrance music. When you're talking about entrance musics, this was... They went all... I was like, this sounds like something truly out of a Charlton Heston film. Like, it was... It from, sounded like, like what they Cherry used... Cherry Sapphire. It was crazy. It sounded like what they used... It sounded very similar to what they used for... Uh, Lawler, right? It's like that very like dun 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 dun. You know, it's like it's like the dawn of man, whatever the fuck. Uh, <laughs> I forget what what the name of it is, but you know, very similar. Fanfare, fanfare for the fanfare for the common man. For all you uh, actually, classical music heads, actually, I was named after Aaron Copeland, the composer who made Fanfare of the Common Man. Really? Yeah. Is that the true thing? Yeah. What did we learn about you? Oh, have you heard about Aaron's parents who are into fife and drum? <laughs> no. That is a completely different Another podcast. podcast. Wow. They met doing fife and drum. Uh, Bobby, how excited were you to see Mark Henry show up? <laughs> I was so I didn't realize how excited I was until it was happening and then I was I wish I could go back in time and be excited for it in what? real like This was his premiere, right? This is his first, like, real televised yeah. premiere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was an Olympian, and he was all these things. And it well, yeah, because his premiere as a wrestler. Last pay-per-view, he was, at, like, literally at the Atlanta Olympics yeah. doing weightlifting. But he, but wait, they said he didn't compete because he was injured? I believe so. I think he competed. I just don't think he medaled. Mm. I don't know, according to the announcers. But they also said it was Bill Clinton's birthday that day, and they were wrong. So, I don't know. But he has the title of World's Strongest Man not from the Olympics. It was from some some other, like, bodybuilding. Like one of those, like, ESPN4 World's Strongest Man competitions. It was not from Vince McMahon. No. (laughs) You're the World's Strongest Man. I think so. It is a real earned title. Um, But his outfit, when he showed up, just like he looked like he ate all of Boys to Men, and I was very excited. White denim suit. White Amazing. denim suit. From it was it was like uh, the Kangol hat. I was like, oh, this is perfect. It was like Samuel L. Jackson ate the blueberry gum from Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. It's always somebody ate somebody. Yeah, for sure. Because nobody is that big. Yeah, he was eating something, um, <laughs> and he just seemed like so happy to be there. Like had oh, no idea. What a joy. He like it's like as if no it's it's if he is not just seeing wrestling for the first time, but seeing everything for the first time. <laughs> Being like, what is, I'm sorry, what is humor? What is sarcasm? What yo, is wrestling? Yo, like, that's messed doing? up. I'm doing my, my Mark Henry impression on the mic. Yo, that's messed well, what's up. What's he going to drink? Like, very <laughs> sincere, like, no idea. 
just like a, a new, like a fresh faced babe, just like out like in the he's, world. Like he's iced tea on. Uh... <laughs> oh, you mean like betting on the ponies, or do you mean like when you? So, so the match we have here is forty-one-year-old Jake the Snake Roberts oh, versus forty-six-year-old Jerry Lawler, who let us all know that when people get drunk, they see snakes. When snakes get drunk, they see Jake Roberts. Nailed it. He nailed it. That's a very like, that's a good observation. It's almost like why do we drive on parkways and park on driveways? <laughs> I just need to point out that again, 41-year-old Jake Roberts, 46-year-old Jerry Lawler, Dwayne the Rock Johnson in 2018 is 46 years old and looks impeccable. I mean, <laughs> I, I just would, in case I that like just in up. case that did not pick up on the mic, Bobby just went oh he, sh- he shuddered. This is the one of the best looking people to ever exist. I mean, also we know more about nutrition. We, sure. we know that we know that you shouldn't take steroids. Yeah, we know Jake Roberts was not taking great care of himself. <laughs> That's truly what underpins this entire segment. Uh, two bottles of liquor a day does uh, not actually help you live longer. And actually, guys, from from. From a historical perspective, at this point, Jake Roberts was actually off the wagon. Oh. No, he was drunk at this time? Horrible. Yeah, it actually makes it worse. Okay, we'll get into that in a second because there's a part where I, was, I had a question about it. The the Ravens jersey that Jake Ro- uh, that uh, Jerry Waller puts on, that's legitimately fucking funny. Yeah. In 1996, yes. the, the Cleveland Browns just lost the, their team. They became the Ravens. Was like, that in 1996? I was, to yeah, that no, up. that was the first year. Like that, they were going to the Ravens were going to have their first season a month from there, and that is legitimately fucking funny. So they were the Cleveland Ravens. No, they were the Cleveland Browns, and then the Browns moved to Baltimore and became the Ravens. But then, then did the Cle- did Cleveland have the Browns? No, they, they didn't, just have, didn't a have a team. <gasps> they had no team Wait, at this point. When did the Browns start? They, the, like, for first, like, a very long time ago. Guys, it's not a no, no, football when, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> when did the Browns start? Like, when the the current incarnation of the Browns start? It was a few years after, and they were an expansion team. I had no idea. Yeah. I knew that the that the Baltimore, the Baltimore had the Colts, and the Colts moved to Indianapolis, yes. and then they didn't have anything. I didn't realize that the Cleveland Browns moved to Baltimore and became the Ravens. Interesting. Yeah. Not and it for, was, and only it was, for two of us. For one of us, it's not. And it was Art Modell who moved them there. And so when Jerry Waller was talking about Art Modell, then it was just expert trolling on his part. And he, he would be much funnier if he didn't laugh at everything that he <laughs> said. Yeah, like that. Like a little bit of the weasel laugh. Yeah. Like, like he's a gremlin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's do great. not. Whatever you do, do not feed Jerry Lawler after midnight, or get him wet. <laughs> Don't get Psycho Sid near him. God. What was going on with the back of Jerry Lawler's hair? It was like a, a half little mullet. Yeah, there was a little like mullet. There was a little Carol Brady flip in the back. That or, I was... or like a duck butt. Yeah, he was... had a bit of a duck butt. I don't. I've never been into Jerry Lawler. I don't understand it. I never saw the appeal. I never thought of the only thing I like about him is that he like collaborated with Andy Kaufman. Yeah, well, that was before. Yeah, I mean, I can't. Oh, you mean Andy Kaufman wasn't alive in 1996? Because I, from what I know, he pulled off the greatest prank in the world. I I outside of Man on the Moon, like the like, I have no idea. It's not Um, wheelhouse for me. So one thing I like is uh, when Mark Henry comes out and Mr. Perfect like you know, it's kind of like puffing his chest up. 
I suddenly realized that Mr. Perfect reminds me of Chess Rockwell from Boogie Nights. He is basically John C. Riley. <laughs> what? What? You're not. You're not gonna shake my hand. He's just got that like that perfect dumbness to him. It's great. Perfect. <laughs> that, that Mr. Perfect dumbness. Not much to say about the match because it's a match between two 40 year olds nowhere near the prime of their careers. Oh, no. The, the match, well, there's a couple things to say about the match, I think. I mean, the match sucked, I agree. Or it, it like, but there were like a lot of gimmicks that sat poorly with me or were weird. Uh, first of all, we found out that Burger King is a, is a, was a, an audience yeah. joke. Mm-hmm. He calls that out. I did not realize it was canon that. Jerry Lawler was afraid of snakes, but apparently that's a thing. Mark Henry, too. Yep. Mark Not Henry's afraid of snakes? Yeah. Yeah. They said that. Oh, he said it? I don't remember. I just remember that was messed up. <laughs> um, I also like how he goes, I brought out I brought out uh, Jake's uh, tag team partners, Jim Beam, and I don't know, maybe Jack Daniels. Oh, no, another Jim Beam. Like, just get a Jack Daniels bottle. Yeah, it was not that hard. Props department. <laughs> land that jo- one. Land job. that joke. Yeah, it was like he really. I mean, he's like he, he probably went back afterwards. Was like, don't worry, guys, I covered for you. But it wasn't that good. No. Um. Did you notice that he, his snake is named Revelations? Oh, was that what the I did? I heard Revelations. I didn't know that that was the name of the snake. Yeah, the old snake, the the old python was um was named Damien. But now that he's a Christian, sure, yeah, the the albino python revelation. He didn't have a snake called Absolute. <laughs> or Jim, Jim, okay, okay King. <laughs> now laugh at what you just said. <laughs> Wait, I had a couple other things. Oh, uh, I I I put down that Lawler's uh, put downs. They sound like they're from like one of those joke books you get when you're like a kid, like yeah. like totally tasteless jokes or all that stuff. They're like. What he he said that uh, Jake the Snake had barthritis. That's where you get stiff in a different joint every other every night. That was pretty good. I That's actually like pretty that fucking good. I like that one out, honestly. I also have that uh, Jake's entrance music sounded like it was done by Vangelis, who was uh, Vangelis. If you don't know, was was he was a uh, uh, electronic music god. Did he do the the soundtrack to Blade Runner? I think he did the soundtrack to Blade Runner. He also did the soundtrack to. Uh, um, Chariots of Fire. He's, it's all very like super synthy. Um, that's I don't know. It, it I kind of liked it, but I also really like old synth. Sure, that's just the thing. <laughs> I liked the the bag swap. That's a a common thing. I feel like you see in every in every matches. I've got a bag, and you've got a bag, and I'll take something out of this bag if you don't take something out of that bag. <laughs> uh, the Yankee swap. Uh, I also think that the. Um, the sh- everything he does with his boa constrictor is terrible, and and everything he does to the boa constrictor. Yeah, the fact that he pulls the boa constrictor out and starts wrapping it around him, and like the boa constrictor is being flung everywhere. It unless that's a that's a mechanic that's like a mechanized snake. That was not no. for sure. That's a fucked up thing to do to a snake. And yet, I feel like that snake was still treated better than Sunny. <laughs> Gotta you don't say. know what they did in that bag. They came. No, they both that's... came in that bag. <laughs> I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, this was. I, I. I wanted to move past it as quickly as possible. It was just nothing. Nothing came of it. It's unbelievable. I mean, I'm glad Jake Roberts is still alive today, somehow miraculously. <laughs> but 
He beat all of them. And just but, but and just the bullshit buildup that we we had to deal with it the entire last pay per view. And um, yeah, I'm done with this. And I, I know we're just gonna have to watch Jerry Lawler get trotted out to fight a whole bunch of other people over the next several years worth of pay per views. But so my my question uh, about whether or not the bottle of alcohol was real. If you say he was off the wagon, it was not. It was not it was real. Not. Okay, well that's good. It was least. not. Um, I was I was kind of afraid of that. I was because I, I had the same idea. That's why I was like, I have to figure out. Because like, was it real alcohol? This it wasn't. Uh huh. Um, but he was off the way. We also we also get a very like uh, Vince McMahon has a couple ways of saying somebody got hit in the dick. Sometimes it's bread basket. This time <laughs> it was lower abdominal area. Ooh. Uh, I also like this as the this is kind of like the moment that Mark Henry. Like, like throws his hat in the ring, his yeah. Kangol hat in the ring. Mm. So I, I liked it as like him sticking up for you know sticking up for Jake, taking it out. It was not a good match, but like <laughs> no, no, no. But Nothing all the other, all, all the things around it. Oh, and we also got to see uh, Jerry Lawler pull off a wrestling move. So hey, that's great. <laughs> Most of the time, he's literally just talking a lot and and like the, using a bandage to strangle somebody. So he actually fl- he, like what did he do? I think he like. It's some kind of like a press or something. Get a bit of a slam. I can't remember, slam. remember now. I'm trying to think. Hey, good for it him. It wasn't certainly too memorable. He, he, <laughs> I'm glad he knows it. I'm glad he knows how to do these things because I di- have not seen it in two specials. Uh, but then we go on to The Undertaker versus Mankind in the Boiler Room Brawl. It was awesome. I mean, like, I, I, it wasn't. It was, was awesome. Yeah, I don't I'm very was, curious about oh, what both of you. Think I don't about think this. It, it was certainly not perfect. It was the dumbest thing ever. Are was, you kidding me? It was yeah, not that. No, good. not at all. It was. The it was not that good. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Wow. No, I am thoroughly it, in disagreement here. I thought this was great. It was a little. It was a little slow. It was so slow. I, I give them all the credit in the world for the creativity and the idea of this. I thought the execution of this was awful i feel so bad for everybody in that arena agreed who had to oh. who had to sit through this that like you bought a ticket for SummerSlam, and they brought out like cathode ray tube tv sets you are sitting black and white <laughs> you are oh my god you are sitting ringside and they have a big tv like you're in like, school yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. wheeling it in to show yeah. a video they yeah, literally it's is, like it's like substitute teacher okay, time yes i will give you all of that yes 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 that was it yes i'm just talking about the con imagine like that aside okay even picture like, this yeah. was happening uh, uh, we were watching the Titan Tron. Everyone had great views of what was happening. Think of it like, well, think of it. They're broadcasting the same way they broadcast the the, the deletion, the final deletion. Yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 like no. And, I'm even, and I'm even thinking about sitting at home. I think that that the pace was really slow. Yes. there were there, there were like there were some great spots. Yeah, um, mankind or no, uh, mankind on the top of that ladder was really dope. he hurt himself so badly in that spot. There, when he's at the top of the ladder and he yeah. jumps and misses and he gets, uh, he lands half on some boxes. There's no crash pad. There's nothing there. He truly landed, and he didn't even hit it completely. His entire bottom half hit just concrete. Mm-hmm. And I he, was wondering about that. I mean, it looked. Oh it, yeah, it, that part looked bad. He did permanent damage to himself in that. It was crazy. I also appreciate the attention to detail when they're in the hallway and he throws the hot coffee and there's. It's obviously not hot coffee, yes. but there's steam. I was yeah. like, that was 
Wait, good was there thinking. Steam? I, I was looking for it. I couldn't. It was see Steam. It. Okay. And I was like, like this is really good. Like I appreciated that detail. I appreciate how they went from the boiler room to the backstage area, and there was other wrestlers who had wrestled that evening. So they were like, like watching. Mark so, Henry was there. So it looks live. I mean, like. Considering this is one of the earliest like hardcore matches kind of thing and like remote kind of thing, I thought it was really good. And the finish I thought was was amazing. Well, the fi- the finish was great. We can talk about that in a second. But I I think when I was the way it was done when I was watching it, it uh, I think I mean obviously we're in an age where we have better filming techniques now, and I think if we were to revisit that and do it the way it should have been filmed it would have been tighter on on the undertaker and like less you would see a little bit less boiler room because it felt very much like there's a cameraman and he's just like okay so i got you want you want to see the pipes right you want the boiler room i got the undertaker in the boiler room and so everything about it felt very like uh kind of like benny hillish <laughs> cuz like you'd see like here's mankind with a pipe and he's sneaking over and everything is is like shot from this like far off angle where you I felt very removed from it um and, and like I, and you know what I want to back up a little bit so like at the very start right there seeing the undertaker go in there and being cautious yes where I don't think with with that character he was always in control of every situation and so seeing him like uncertain of his surroundings not knowing like that was very cool to see just once the action started, I I think I was in it for about three minutes, and the rest of the time I was like, okay, let's get out of this boiler room and let's get on I to what. Maybe maybe this is this is a symptom of me having seen it seen it like live mm-hmm. and now being we're so spoiled by like the hardcore matches and the hells in the cells and the the lunatic fringe cell and like all kinds of like the Ambrose Asylum matches and like. <laughs> The, 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 the Punjab prisons. I mean, like, you name it. Like, yeah. uh, we've seen it all and done it all. But at this point, this was so crazy. Well, you were time traveling a little bit. You were you were remembering what, yeah. like, 11-year-old Bobby losing his shit. It was scary. It was truly menacing and scary and unpredictable in a way that you were like, what am I watching? Well, it's also like how when I watch, like, NeverEnding Story, I think it's the most fantastical journey. and But you don't yeah. realize that, like, the luck dragon is just like a fucking giant dog puppet. You know, like some of this stuff. No, that, wait. I don't. They did remember. not film an actual <laughs> luck they, dragon. They found a. They found a dragon. He wasn't lucky. <laughs> he was down on his luck. So they killed it. Yeah. And they stuffed it. <laughs> they they didn't have to kill the dragon. It was weird. I thought. It, I mean, it was one of the things I thought was very was a bad choice was that there was no commentary during it. I thought that was they that started, made it weird. They started with. See, I I actually thought when they started with the commentary, I was like. This is weird. They were like, well, it's a boiler room. You've got your pipes here. And like, they were kind of like, it felt a little bit like they took sports announcers and they put them into this. And they were like, well, this is just like another sporting event. We just have to, we need, you know, we need to tell people what, you know, people who are listening to their radios, what it's like in this <laughs> boiler room. And I was like, this is weird. Once it, once they quieted the announcers, I was like, cool. But then also they didn't do a lot of, I don't want to. I mean, maybe foley work or something. They didn't. They didn't oh, they 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 didn't do a lot of uh, oh Mick Foley work. <laughs> they didn't. Uh, they didn't do a lot of like uh, design as to the experience. It was very much like okay, so we're just gonna throw a cameraman in there with you guys. Are you cool with that? And you're gonna use everything around you. Also, a very cluttered boiler room. <laughs> I feel like if you're going to have a match, the custo- the custodian would be like, guys, can you just give me like five minutes before you come in here? Because 
I clearly did not clean up. I, I, I didn't, I, this is a, my office. It's a workroom, <laughs> so it's a little bit of a mess center. Um, also, I don't think boiler rooms say uh, boiler room danger on them. <laughs> Usually it just says authorized personnel only. Uh, somebody has to go into the room, so not, it doesn't help to just say danger. Uh, what did, Eric, what did you think about uh, the Paul Bearer heel turn at the end? I loved it. I was not yeah. expecting it at all. That, that was, was great. And I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, because so that was I knew that that was coming and so maybe that kind of like like I knew of it. This was my first time watching this through. I knew of it through like discussion before and I've seen a lot of like the crazier stuff that comes in the future. So that definitely clouds it. Um but yeah, the but the the heel turn at the end and just kind of like throwing everything into question at the end. But the Druids, which was obviously like a whole bunch of wrestlers Were they that Druids had already or acolytes. Druids, Druids. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, um, and it were just like obviously a whole bunch of wrestlers from earlier. I just can't imagine what it was like for like one of the body donnas and like. <laughs> All right, uh, I guess I'll put this on. In the hood on. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah, like probably. They also didn't like they didn't have like a, a dress code for the shoes for the druids because like one of them definitely had like wrestling boots or sneakers on and I was like come on guys like you could the it's least sunny you could in do heels, yeah <laughs> right it's sunny in her dress pants and and clutches and pearls it's sunny and and Shawn Michaels are both under the hood together you just see two <laughs> shoes facing each other I was gonna put I was gonna make that joke but I thought it was tasteless um, that's the line Eric that's, that's my line that's it? hey. Uh, Handlebar mustache Hitler. If we if we finally sell T-shirts for this podcast, Jizz Theater. <laughs> um, I also like that that mankind calls Undertaker take. Yeah. Take, take. I I was like, okay, I guess that's a thing. It was a it was like a weird. Uh, I don't know. It was a, it was a weird choice. You could just call him Taker. That's what everyone else mm-hmm. calls him. I also like that there was steam. They used the steam. It it, it felt like a um. Like one of those like children's like the a science museum for children where there's like a or like a haunted house out. kind of thing at like a like a at a carnival right and everything everything has like a purpose so you like turn the wheel and the steam will come out yeah it was cool yeah I I, like I, said, I really liked this I mean like it, I do agree that it was slow but I also thought a lot of the stuff on the cart was slow um, but I thought this was like it did feel really special and different and it also like fit the story. And gave them something to do much more than say like a Caribbean strap match. You know what I mean? Like this was truly felt like an earned, earn uh, thing. Or oh, like strap match. After after all this that happened with coming to the ring and like the and it showing up in the casket and all the stuff that's happened in previous pay per views, this felt like a, a really necessary step in the feud. I really liked it. You don't very you you don't very often see the Undertaker from these angles. And what I noticed that when the Undertaker is laying down and you see like underneath his chin, it looks like his neck has bangs. <laughs> it's like a it's a it's a very very weird haircut for his neck uh, when you look at, at the way his goatee is kind of shaved. Uh. I also <laughs> I also I also hated the way that when he when the Undertaker was up against that um, that gate that like the gate that was down and every time uh, mankind hit him he really like flopped that arm against the gate it was a bad sell I thought it just 
it was kind of like, okay, he's hitting me, but like, I need to make the sound against the gate. It felt like a little too, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't feel like it, it met the standards of the boiler room match. Everything else was like <laughs> <laughs> boiler room match standards and practices. I think these two have magic chemistry between them in like a legendary sense. And I, I, I found this, I, I was thrilled. I was captivated and I was thrilled. There were literally no stakes either. And, and like there was, there, as they pointed out, they're like, you know, this, this, this goes beyond belts. Yeah. Like, but I Which, believed it. But I bought it as opposed to like some other things. Like I didn't think, like I didn't feel that with Savio Vega and Owen Hart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this, it's like we said in British Bulldog. Like it also raises the question: like, what are the stakes in the World Wrestling Federation when, like, what happens if mankind like wins a match against the Undertaker? Like, like does he does does chaos reign over over good like yeah it's it's weird because the undertaker and mankind and these guys they kind of break the meta story of it where it's like oh these guys are prize fighters you know i win the match you know i get the winner's purse which is like hovering over everything but mankind like what is he gonna like get the purse and spend it all on buttons or something (laughs) some men just want to watch the world burn (laughs) yeah he's like he's a crazy person Mm -hmm. and and but like a lunatic this i don't know was this the first time that they that they portrayed Undertaker as this like this force of good to regulate the darkness in the world. I mean, to, it's a, maybe to put it that way in those in that framing, it's not the first time as a face. It's not the first time that he's been acknowledged as like a supernatural entity. But I don't know necessarily about his position in terms of like the keeper of the balance of the light and dark. If that's if that's been really sold that way. Yeah, because, like, this felt like he was, like, he's the man who claims, like, the, who brings back the damned souls. Like, he's the reaper in the good way, not, like, the way you are. <laughs> right, right. Well, Cassandra saw the future and knew that Undertaker had to lose in this fashion in order to become the arbiter. Of- do not bring up myths <laughs> that you do not know. Oh, I was going to say, uh, it turns out it really is a road trip. They did really see where it goes. It, it had it, it like when uh, last episode we were talking about like they're like where it's gonna start in the boiler room. We'll see where it goes, and it really did take us on a journey. Yeah, and I was very uh, I was happy about that. I felt like we all grew. I thought that was like a really good. I like the stipulation, like how they played it out, like get to the ring, get the urn. It was all like all the pieces fit well, and I think that that was a, such a shocking turn. When no one was reading, you know, Bleacher Report and getting like rumors, like it's going to be a heel turn, mm-hmm. like it was, it was shocking, and I was still shocked watching it. Even though no way it was going to happen, it was still. Did Paul Bearer always have the phrase "I'm Paul Bearer and you're not"? I don't think so. That stood out to me that when I heard that I was like, Whoop. "That sounds no, like that, a, was, that was a Chevy that was Chevy Chase." Chase yeah, yeah. What a weird thing for him <laughs> to say. Uh, also, was this around the time that Gregorian chant was like a very popular CD? Ooh, you know what? It was it was a few years after Chant came out. You're, you're think, right. Yeah. yeah. I listen. I'm not gonna score in the Lewinsky, but <laughs> I knew I knew at some point the Chant would come. I out. remember. So I went to I went to Catholic elementary school, and during gym class, one of the janitors came in and said, "Ah, you know, to get this gym class really going, you should get a Chant CD in here." Bobby is shaking his head at me uh, right this now. Is what, this is what weird Christians are like, huh? <laughs> I once went to a spin class um, at 6 in the morning in Houston, Texas, and they were like, now we're going to play some Gregorian chants. I got up. I unclipped from the bike, walked out of the room. Did <laughs> you have like, the nope. you had the clip shoes? Goodbye. Yeah. 
what the fuck, man? Yeah, well, I was like at like a, it was at like a twenty four hour fitness. It was like so bizarre. I was like, and I'm out. Okay, bye. And it was like click, click, hobbled uh, out. So did did Undertaker die for our sins? <laughs> he was definitely carried out like Christ. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a, this will be a motif. You will. This is not the this is not the last time you see <laughs> this kind of thing happen. To quote Al Jolson, you ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, by the way, I like there was a person in the crowd where um, the Undertaker was being carried out, and this old this older gentleman in the crowd grabs his hand and just kind of shakes his head no, like he was the medical examiner. He's like, guys, there's nothing. <laughs> I'm sorry, there's, he's gone. Time there's no death. pulse in this gloved finger. I don't <laughs> think we we I think we've lost him. So then we actually, we come to my absolute favorite thing that happened in the entire pay-per-view. So we've got Vader versus Shawn Michaels. And beforehand, Jim Cornette is talking to talking to the camera, talking up Vader. And he says, Shawn, when he grabs you around the neck and you try to talk, your voice is going to sound like Peter Frampton's electric kazoo yep. in the intrume- instrumental break of Do You Feel Like We Do? Such an amazing specific reference, and I just wanted him to go on and be like, you're going to be the Joker, like the Steve Miller band, and they're going to hit you with punches harder and faster than the chorus on the uh, the um, the guitar solo for Leonard Skinner's Freebird, and when it gets to the end, we ain't going to know what he's going to do for you, so it's just going to be like the piano coda at the end <laughs> of Eric Clapton's Layla. Derek and the Domino's Layla. Uh, <laughs> this is... He's going to hold you for 14 minutes. Like, <laughs> like Peter Frampton and, and Frampton comes alive. Yeah, first of all, I don't know if Peter Frampton had a kazoo. I thought I wasn't sure what that is, he, what that instrument it's was. Not, it's, it was a thing. It's, a thi- like, it's called a talk box. Yeah, yeah. I used to, when I was uh, home alone and didn't have friends, since we're sharing our loneliness stories, <laughs> uh, at one point in, in my high school years, uh, all my friends abandoned me. And they just decided they didn't want to be friends with me, which wow. is, yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. Cause that doesn't usually happen. Uh, they just like transitioned off of me and I was like at home putting together 3d puzzles. Yeah. It gets bad. And listening to, uh, like Q1043, like the classic rock station. And there was a point and like, you know, my parents were like, Hey, what's wrong? Are you are you doing anything? And like, there's nothing worse than when your parents are asking you what's wrong because mm-hmm. you're like, the last like, what makes me feel worse is the fact that you're asking me what's wrong. Like, I don't want to have to tell you that nobody wants to be friends with me, with me right now. Um, but then I timed out how long do you feel like we do because I would hear it very often. And I, I was would, wondering when we were going to get to the Peter Frampton. Like, so like, you know how, you know that thing where you like, you hear something on the radio and then you zone out cause you're working on a 3d puzzle. <laughs> sure. And then, and then you like zone back in. You're like, Holy shit, this song's really long. So I, I, I timed that one out and I found out that it was about, it was 14 minutes. It's one of the ones that they play when they, when the, the DJ, the DJ needs, wants a smoke break or, or use the, the bathroom. Not everybody just smokes. People sometimes pee. Um, but yeah, so the match happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was lonely in 10th grade. I don't understand it, though, because Eric Silver also famously looked like Hugh Grant. He did. In high school. This is true. We've seen pictures. That was junior year. Uh, I, I really before you hit your Hugh together. Grant phase? First of all, why did you think that, that every all my friendships were based on like surface things? Like Everyone's like, this guy is gorgeous. We need to be friends with him. 
No, they hated me for what was inside. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was hating something awkward on the inside. They actually didn't hate me. They just decided that I wasn't cool enough for them. So that's what I always am afraid of with my current friends. Anyway, go on. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> the match starts. Um, anybody notice the guy doing the uh, eat pussy face when uh, Shawn Michaels walked in? I no. did not. No. I saw a lot of little bobbies in the audience. Every the all the uh, zebra hats, the zebra motorcycle hats. Uh, but he also looked like a leather daddy. Uh, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, that's his whole thing. It's this there, is it's more leather daddy. This is his whole gimmick. Is this? I'm like, you're just a gay porn star. Like that is truly the gimmick that he's going for. I was trying to figure out what he looked like, and the best I could come up with was somebody took off all of the engraved plaques on all of the um, the trophies in their high school <laughs> case and just like knitted just them, together them together to make to make like a Venetian blind vest. Yeah, there's a lot. It's 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 not my favorite look, and he will stick with that sort of like um, a sort of like chainmail crop vest um which is a, a very unique um fashion choice the heartbreak knight <laughs> he'll stick with that for a very long time much like the ponytail i have like very little written down about this match just because Same. i enjoyed watching it so it much really good That's it's fun. a really good match there is some so historically this mm-hmm. match is very significant because this is the match that destroys Vader's push. So Vader was in line for a big push at this point. Vader's in line supposedly to be feuding with Shawn Michaels through Survivor Series and to win the belt of Survivor Series. Now in this match, I don't know if you've noticed, there's a part where Shawn Michaels leaps off the top rope, lands at his feet, yells at Vader, and kicks him in the head. Yeah. Really kicks him in the head. (sighs) So Vader was supposed to move out of the way of that elbow drop. Mm -hmm. He was supposed to roll. Shawn Michaels was supposed to land and then hit a standing elbow drop. And Vader forgot to move or didn't hear him or it was like a miscommunication. And Shawn Michaels, being a fucking piece of shit, berates him, yells at him, and kicks him for real in the head multiple times. That Okay, so I was like, I saw that there was a missed spot. That was that was the big one. That, that was it. I, I think there's another one in here too, but there's also when they roll out to the floor... Shawn Michaels is pissed. That happens like right after that, and you see him shove this camera guy. Like camera guy gets a yeah, because he's mad because Shawn Michaels is a piece of shit. And so Shawn no, Michaels half the people don't think that. The other half do think that Shawn Michaels is a piece of shit. Whether or not half the people be- agree, it's fact. And so he, after this, did not want to work with Vader anymore. And that was part of the reason. Also, Vader is notoriously a, a stiff worker. Um, but Shawn Michaels is like, I don't work with him anymore. And that's what does like it mean derailed. to be a stiff worker? Um, his, he doesn't pull his punches or doesn't pull them as much. So he actually will hit you a lot. Like so he's hurt. a stiff worker after working with Shawn Michaels? No, just he's just notoriously Unge- through his general. career because it makes it look better. So like yeah. it's just a, it's a, a Ric Flair's a stiff worker. Joe, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe's a stiff worker. Bob, uh, Bob Holly, Harcourt Holly was a stiff worker. Ric like, Flair. You said yeah. Ric Flair? Yeah. 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 People who are like make it harder to sell, they they... they and they do it not not necessarily to be sometimes to be an asshole, but also because it looks better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just their style. So Vader is also known to be a stiff worker. Well. I was like, I don't want to, I don't work with them anymore. And that's sort of what derailed Vader's push and ruined his, the rest of his career. And Shawn Michaels is able to do this because he is the most popular Beloved. person. And Vince McMahon will do anything he says. Shawn Michaels is running the show the, behind well, the scenes. Well, I mean, the pops that Shawn Michaels gets in this match, there is nobody in the WWE today. Or, or even, I don't know, even like Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock at their height 
I don't know if they get pops at the level that Sean- I, I think they do. I think when, the, as, but at this point in time, this is like Hulk Hogan level shit. Like it is, he is everything. He's a great, he's excellent in the ring. He's a great performer. Yeah, yeah he's really good. Um, he's good looking in like a 90s way. Uh, like you saw like people like the women freaking out and screaming when he comes out like some he's woman a rock like star. ran up and kissed him yep like people like he's like a rock star yeah people's cameras are out people go nuts when he comes out like it's a, so they give him everything imagine all wants. those pictures like now where they're like hey yeah this is, <laughs> this is that old film picture of, of me with <laughs> that I got of me, like, yeah that I got of like of this fucking old wrestler dude but he can call the shots and he had the um, ability to do that and he ruined Vader's push. And basically, and it's sad, there was also, like, because Vader is, like, also known to be, like, the sweetest, nicest guy, like, behind the scenes. Yeah. And this totally, like, ruined his career when this match we watched happen. Um, Shawn Michaels is a piece of shit. There was a, there was a cross body over the top rope. I really liked that. That was great. And See? he did a great me. tope. He does a, a great, like, leap over the top rope. There's some great harakaranas. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, the Hurricanas, and then it, then a Hurricana that became a Frankensteiner, which I liked. I think uh, they I'm, called it a Frankensteiner. I think a Hurricana and a Frankensteiner are the same thing. It was basically yeah. It was it was like uh, he he got him over. He Hurricanaed him over the top ropes. I believe so. There's a thing. The reason why like Wild Thing shooting star press, whatever. Again, there's a lots of like Vince McMahon isms, and a lot of it is Vince McMahon wanting to brand everything himself. Yeah. So I feel like. This might be one of those things where they're they're technically the same thing, but Vince McMahon wanted to call it the Frankenstein. Frankensteiner. Frankensteiner. Does that have anything to do with the Steiner brothers? I think it did. It was, okay. it was their finishing move. Oh, oh! I was like, that just sounds stupid. Hmm. Um, there was a back body drop by Vader that I liked. Vader going for that moonsault. I mean, they truly a, a, a thing that you would never believe you with your own eyes. Like, because because like like. A cruiserweight doing a moonsault is impressive. Kevin Owens doing a moonsault is incredibly impressive. Vader doing a moonsault is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, watch a, a moonsault done well is a beautiful thing. Charlotte, I think right now Charlotte has a beautiful moonsault. Probably the best one right now. Um, have you seen, I mean, Candice LeRae doing a springboard moonsault off the ropes? She did it on NXT uh, a few weeks ago, I think versus Lacey Evans. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the most gorgeous things I've ever seen. It was one of the most gorgeous moonsaults I've ever seen. It yeah. was perfect. Um, they're just gorgeous works of art. They, they look right. beautiful. They just look so elegant. Like, there's this, this, this thing about the, the pacing and the speed of them. But so to see Vader, the man his size, to it was mind-boggling. Uh, I also noted that there's a point where Vader's face is in uh, Shawn Michaels' crotch. Like, just oh, fully in there. Yeah. Uh, there was a nut punch. I have I just wrote nut punch. <laughs> oh, there was a part. Oh, Vader dropped him onto the gate, onto the guardrails. Yeah. Back the, but now you know we're used to the guardrails now being like these padded, these padded, like solid, not things. padded. No, no. This was just this like was a like metal grate. Yeah. This was set up for like the thing set up for a parade. And, but you know, obviously he, you know, he catches himself you know like there's sure. still there's still tricks of the trade but eesh, there's only so much you can do man i also like that jr tried to coin the term manster i liked manster half you man, know half monster i'm into that i would argue that if you are half man half monster you are a monster <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like you're, you can't be like pregnant <laughs> which i'm now coining pregnant uh there was yeah, actually yeah. there was a 1950s horror movie called the manster oh was there yeah 
Uh-huh. A guy had a second head growing out of his uh, shoulder. I would just call that head strength. <laughs> well, you get your job of naming things, Eric. Oh, me and Adam. <laughs> Adam is mytholo- mythologically speaking the first person who named people. <laughs> just so you know. Yeah, but it was good. I thought the match was was solid. I like I, I liked the um, false finishes. The the two DQs. I thought that was a the, really yeah. That was good booking, um, and something that like you know that made it feel special and different, and like not something you're used to seeing all the time. And made him made Michael seem that much more heroic for you know no I'm not not gonna let it end like that. I'm, yeah. Plus the moonsault to pin, very cool. Mm-hmm. What is the click? So, the Q, click. Uh, K-L-I-Q. Yep. They were saying, and I was like, I, I didn't understand what was going on. And then I saw signs for the click, and I was like, oh, this is a thing. So famously, before, so this is before this, there was Diesel, Kevin Nash, yeah, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, uh, Triple H, yeah, Shawn Michaels, and X Pac, One Two Three Kid, Six, whatever you want, Sean Waltman. So the five of them were like best buds. They we like, talked about this a little bit in the first episode when we were talking about why um, Triple H was originally supposed Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Yeah, he was originally s- Yeah, he was originally supposed to win the King of the Ring tournament, but um, after the curtain call incident, which was where they famously broke kayfabe. You and never actually talked about it. So you said we would get into it, and well, I don't know what happened. Here it is. So basically, they were these like they were best friends, traveled together. They were also huge drug addicts, like run like having all having sex with Sunny. Like this is everyone. Triple A. This is all five of the clique. Yes, this okay. is like all of them. They were sort of like they were like a gang. They were like, but this wasn't even on camera. Like not even storyline. They weren't like all friends. This was yeah. all behind the scenes. So what happened was Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, Razor Ramon, and Diesel were leaving for WCW. It was like a known thing. They were leaving. They were having their last match at Madison Square Garden. So a curtain call. So they were leaving. Out comes Shawn Michaels. Out comes Triple H. Out comes X-Pac, Six, One, Two, Three, Kid at the time. And they all kind of like hug and raise hands, but breaking character. It'd be like right now if um, Samoa Joe came out to like hug AJ Styles after his last match before leaving. And you're like... Or like when Saturday Night Live did, like they started playing that song, like She's a Rainbow for when uh, Kristen Wiig left. Yeah, except and imagine, yeah, but imagine dancing with her. But imagine it was someone who's uh, was supposed to hate Kristen Wiig, and their job was to want to kill them. Like that's Pete what Davidson. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why it was like so. It totally broke kayfabe and, and broke all this stuff, and it was not so. And it was everyone was in a lot of trouble. And basically, Shawn Michaels couldn't be in trouble because he was the Golden Boy. And so what happened was they left. And Triple H got all the punishment. Man. Because Vince McMahon is also like a sociopath and someone had to suffer. And but, so he made Triple H suffer. But part of the reason why Triple H then got so over was because he took his punishment so well and um, didn't complain about it or anything like that. And that's where we are. So I, I guess at some point I'll see him, but we don't know yet. Triple H? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's come back. Okay. I mean, I, I'm, I know. I know, <laughs> I know, I know just, he wrestles. He's just out. wallowing in the undercard is really what's happening. Okay. Doing house shows and things like that. Yeah. Got it. Not being taken very seriously. But I mean, that's okay. that's where we leave off now. Um, so this is setting up. Obviously, the Mankind Undertaker stuff is huge and going forward. All the stuff coming out of Ahmed Johnson's injury is going to be big going forward. Because I got the Intercontinental title tournament. I remember being very into that. I remember that while it was happening, and I remember things. I think that happens on a Raw, not a pay-per-view. 
but I rem- so I don't know if we should or talk about it or whatever. But I like remember things from that match still today because I was like such a huge Mark Marrow fan. Is there gonna be a tag team match with both of Ahmed Johnson's kidneys? Where are they? <laughs> they they're gonna battle against uh, the smoking guns. I wish. That, that would honestly be the best, still probably the most um, serious tag team the WWF would have had at the time. <laughs> it would be Ahmed Johnson's two kidneys. It'd be terrible just to break Ahmed Johnson down for parts, too. <laughs> just, okay, we, we've got his, his livers going on a, on a title run. For years, WWE hosted a yearly award show called the Slammy Awards, and we end each episode of Hell in a Cell Phone with our own version of the Slammies in a segment we call For Your Reconsideration. Bobby, what do you have for us this time? So for your consideration, I would like to give the Henry Ford Faster Horses Award to the Smoking Guns and Sonny for putting their money on the wrong horse, (laughs) for betting that their horse and buggy would get them to the pay-per-view faster than the mass transit system that even the Godwins, simple pig farmers, <laughs> knew better. Honestly, uh, given the MTA now, I might take a horse and buggy. <laughs> I, I think we might have a better chance of getting to our destination. The L train. Am I right? <laughs> right. No, you're not right because it's going to be gone for a year. Oof. Eric? Just a little background. I decided because I have a lot of trouble understanding what the announcers say and catching on to what they're talking about, I decided to watch once through with closed captioning on. And I discovered a little fun fact about uh, the WWE network and how they do closed captioning. And that's that at some point when the WWF became the WWE, somebody went through all of the closed captioning and... uh, looked for all occasions of WWF, changed it to WWE, looked for all times where anybody said the World Wrestling Federation and changed it to World Wrestling Entertainment. And so I give the Find and Replace Award (laughs) to the interns at the WWE because I would say WWF. (laughs) The WWE Control F. Wow. It's amazing. It's like you literally can see how little they care for the truth because they're like, well, we're just going to go through. Like, they, they, there's like. They have to legally. I feel like that was part of the lawsuit. There's stuff in the closed captioning that is like misspoken. Like, there was a point, like, for example, like Jerry Lawler's joke about arthritis being barthritis. They just have it as arthritis. They could have fixed that, but instead, <laughs> they just went through and changed every time anybody says Enterpri- Federation to Enterprise. <laughs> uh, I'm going to keep it or simple this time and go with uh, the Deliverance Dueling Moonsaults Award to Shawn Michaels and Vader. Works of art that worked beautifully in tandem. Uh, amazing, amazing, amazing. Love us? Disagree? Want to powerbomb us into the mat? Let us know. You can email us at HelenaCellPhone at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at HelenaCellPod or each of us individually. Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at Slopez. Please rate and review us on iTunes or whatever you get your podcasts, and be sure to join us next time for In Your House 10 Mind Games. Thanks a lot, everybody. Thanks a lot, everybody.